You're listening to Hello Vancouver. I'm your host, Temple Lentz. Thank you for listening. In today's show, I'm speaking again with Vancouver Police Chief James McIlvain. We had him on the show last week, and actually it was one interview that I split into two parts. When we met and recorded the interview, we talked for about 40, 45 minutes, and it was too much to use for one half-hour show. So last week, we talked about the homelessness crisis in Vancouver and how the Vancouver Police Department is interacting with the homeless population and the business and resident population. In this part of the interview, we talk about DACA, DACA, the Deferred Action for Childhood Arrivals, which uh, Donald Trump recently had a decision that he would be rescinding DACA and that all these kids who were brought here uh, as children by parents who did not have legal documentation and they themselves don't have legal documentation, but were here legally under this Deferred Action for Childhood Arrivals, which was put in by the Obama administration. Uh, that that would be rescinded. Now, there have been further discussions and back and forth and flip-flops on the part of the federal government about this, and we're still waiting to see what will happen. But at the time uh, that we spoke, the president had recently said that in six months, DACA would cease to exist and that current work permits that uh, people here under DACA have would be expired. So we talked about the Vancouver Police Department's role in that. There are so many other factors that play into this. And we do have right now a situation in Vancouver where federal immigration officials are waiting outside courthouses, are coming to people's workplaces. Uh, so we talked about what the VPD's role in, in that is. Does Chief McIlvain feel that it is the Vancouver Police Department's job to enforce federal law? And we talked about where they stand on that and how they feel their role is in protecting and serving our local community. We also talked a bit about uh, protests. Uh, actions like the one taken by Donald Trump and many others have led uh, conservative and liberal factions out to the streets to rally for what they believe is their purpose. And we've had numbers of incidents across the country, but also here in Vancouver. At the time that we spoke, uh, Charlottesville had recently occurred, but a large-scale protest in Vancouver hadn't occurred yet. It did, in fact, occur the next weekend after we talked, and there was a situation where someone tried to drive a truck into a crowd of people in Vancouver. And uh, we talk about how the Vancouver Police Department looks at free speech, how they look at protecting our community, and how they approach large-scale protests and gatherings. We also talked about a little bit more uh, run-of-the-mill stuff, a little bit less dramatic on what the VPD is working on these days outside of day-to-day -day protections, and also a little bit about uh, those pesky license plates. And a lot of folks who live in Vancouver know that uh, it is a major local issue about uh, folks who live in Vancouver, live in Washington State, but uh, have never changed their Oregon plates. So he talks a bit about that. We'll just jump right into the interview about halfway through the conversation that we had. Thanks for being here. This is with Vancouver Police Chief James McIlvain. I am sitting now in the office of Vancouver Police Chief James McIlvain. James, well, for, may I call you James? Absolutely. Thank you. Uh, thank you for, for having me in today and talking with us. My pleasure. So uh, earlier this week, uh, the president announced that they uh, would be giving DACA six months, DACA being the Deferred Action for Childhood Arrivals for uh, uh, children who 
were brought here by their parents um, and don't have documentation, and that in six months, uh, that will no longer be in effect. While it is not the necessarily the city's responsibility to enforce federal law, what, how will this affect the city? How, how will this affect local law enforcement? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, so I, I, I think I maintain uh, a very similar perspective as a number of chiefs uh, across the, the country um, have expressed that while uh, immigration issues occur, they're not our primary responsibility. Um, the, the, the federal government um, owns that. Um, our primary responsibility, <clears throat> and really at the local level, is to develop a, a, a meaningful relationship with the community that we serve. Um, and acknowledging that uh, it, we, we want people to be very comfortable coming to the police when they have an issue. Um, otherwise, all we're going to do is push criminal activity underground and re really allow the criminal element to have a target-rich environment to commit crime um, unfeathered. And uh, that's not good for any of us. Um, people should be safe in, in their community, and people should feel empowered to come to the police department and recognize that the police department is not looking to deport anybody but to address victimization and prevent crime. Um, so that said, uh, while um, that dialogue is occurring, you know, from the from the president. Uh, I do not see any changes in local policing here in, in Vancouver. So to ask it a little bit more directly, if someone who either themselves is undocumented or say it's uh, a child who was born here but maybe their parents uh, aren't, uh, aren't here legally, um, if they have an issue that would, we would hope they would come to the police for, they're 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 the target of activity. There is something wrong. Would they be able to come here without fear of being deported? A absolutely. Um, and so you know, th this conversation has uh, occurred for a little while now, mm -hmm. um, and I, I've I've shared there are moments that um, local law enforcement um, has a responsibility to work with federal law enforcement. Um, so, you know, oftentimes we think about the situation that you just talked about, that, you know, someone has uh, Im immigrated to the United States um, and brought their families and are undocumented, and they become the, the crime victim. And so um, there's a scare that law enforcement is going to, you know, go after them to, for deportation. So that's not occurring. However, what about the scenarios where people... Um, are being uh, abused and, and trafficked, mm -hmm. you know. Um, so I think that we then owe a responsibility to the health and safety of those people that are being victimized to address that. And under circumstances similar to that, we would then work with federal law enforcement. 
but our our primary responsibility is to yeah local issues. Um, so I'd love to say that you know human trafficking does not occur uh, in, in the city of Vancouver. It does, yeah. but gratefully, it, it just has. It's not one of those top uh, crimes that are occurring that come to our attention on a daily basis. Um, but I, I, I guess we, we have to take into consideration what are, what are the, the facts and circumstances around it. Um, are we here to protect people um, no matter their circumstance or not? And, mm -hmm. and I think that we are. Well, that's good to hear. Um, and you have uh, spoken and, and written uh, very eloquently, not sucking up, I actually did feel that, uh, about the fact that uh, the Vancouver Police Department, um, the responsibility is to this community, and that that means um, treating citizens equally and with equity. Sure. Um, and, and citizens and residents, that the people who are here in our community, um, you know, innocent until proven guilty, sure. <laughs> all of that. And I, and I, it's, uh, comforting to live in a place where that is the approach. I, I, I have to say in, in 31 years of doing this, this, uh, this work in, in this profession, um, I think that that happens more places than mm -hmm. what we typically think about. Um, you know, we, we get wrapped up into, uh, I guess this this national narrative that you know comes across through you know the media, um, and then we we think that that happens everywhere. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, when we first were, were talking, we we're talking about you know some of these um, catastrophic events, you know, like the fires or um, the hurricane, you know, things like that 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 are occurring. Um, so they, they, those things happen, but they don't happen everywhere all the time. And uh, oftentimes the, these, uh, these narratives that are set because we, we like to watch the news and we get sucked into that conversation and we say, well, if it happened there, it must be happening here. Or if it happened there, it could happen here. And I think that we're really too quick to the fear button um, versus what is our our real reality? Uh, what do we actually experience here? And do we have a greater hope for the humanity of our community versus the fear of what's happening out there? And I'm not saying that we ignore that. Uh, I think that we should be very cognizant of those things that are, that are occurring. And and I encourage people to question what occurs here, but to actually find out what's occurring here versus making an assumption that something negative is, is occurring first. And speaking of things that were also uh, in the national news and in the national spotlight, a few weeks ago uh, there was the Charlottesville event with the um, uh, eruptions in Charlottesville, Virginia, um, and we've been fortunate in Vancouver uh, to not see uh, large activity like that. But something that has been out there is conversation about how police departments approach uh, equity. And I'm uh, wondering what the Vancouver Police Department is doing to, uh, to, to train cops uh, 
about um, equal treatment and how the department is looking at the possibility that there might be activity like that here and how it would be handled. So you're talking about um, the the protesting. The protesting, and there was the the. I think that the Charlottesville incident was a very interesting example of uh, where we there was a group that was setting up um, a a fascist, a Nazi uh, protest of these are our rights, we're here, we're going to advocate, and then it broke into violence, um, and then there were pro other protests. But basically, this uh, racial tension <clears throat> in the United States has been seeing a, a lot of activity. And then I think that the Charlottesville incident also raised some interesting issues of what what are the bounds and purpose of free speech and who, who should be protected from and for certain events. And I'm interested in the in the VPD's approach to handling hate speech and rallies while also protecting re residents' rights. Yeah, a, a great question. Um, you know, so th this is an area that o over the last year and a half um, we have proactively addressed through training. Um, uh, our approach is currently through a mobile fill force approach. A um, little bit different than what we have seen from other communities where law enforcement um, wear more hardened uh, equipment, um, protective equipment. Ours is a, a bit of a softer approach, um, at least by, you know, visually seeing it. You don't see, you know, the shields and things like that. Uh, that doesn't mean that we don't um, have helmets with face shields. Um, we, we do. We do have batons. Um, but the, sometimes people, when, when they come to an event like that and they see police um, all geared up, they start to have this idea that, okay, well, we're here for battle right. versus being more peaceful. So um, our initial approach is to, to, um, to be present in, in a manner that encourages peaceful demonstration, peaceful protesting. Uh, that said, um, we, we have experienced events mm -hmm. here, um, and, and I'd love to say we'll never have them again, um, but th this is the United States, and, and we value uh, our First Amendment rights. Um, we encourage people to exercise their rights, um, despite the fact that where your rights begin and infringe upon my rights, you know, is a, a gray area. Um, but, you know, that, that's what makes America a beautiful place because, um, at least theoretically, we, we can have opposing views and still be able to express them. Um, uh, w with all that said, we're planning for um, an event that's going to occur on Sunday. And, uh, you know, so from a policing standpoint, um, our expectation is people follow the law, be peaceful, by all means, express your opinions, um, but do it in a nonviolent manner. Um, otherwise, we'll take enforcement action. Um, we, we acknowledge that um, there's a fine line between being a peaceful protester and being a criminal. And, and so when that criminal behavior um, occurs, we need to take corrective action.
um, it's, it's costly, you know. Um, so where 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 folks, um, you know, they they want to come out and express whatever their position is on an issue, and um, you know, when done well. Uh, there's no violence. There's no damage to property. There's no, um, you know, assaultive behavior, and uh, everybody gets um, their word out, and they get to ho- go home feeling well. Um, but the there are folks within our our communities that it doesn't matter what it is they're going to take an opposing view they're going to do it as anonymously as possible and they're going to do whatever they can to bring attention to it which you know then becomes on the verge of being unruly being criminal if not actually crossing that line and um that takes a lot of resources to ad- address those situations. Um, you know, so for a community like the city of Vancouver, uh, we we do have uh, appropriate level of staffing to handle our day in day out issues of uh, criminal behavior and and law enforcement. But when you start to have um, protesting, uh, marches, civil unrest, it's extremely taxing on those resources mm-hmm. because then now you, you're pulling people out of the regular assignments or you're pulling them in early and um, it becomes an overtime issue. And at the end of the day, you know, ask me, you know, in a couple of weeks and I'll tell you, um, w- what this event will cost the, the city of Vancouver, you know, so that people can come out and exercise their First Amendment rights. So what we, we have uh, as a system, and I think for the most part it works well, especially when it's done w- in a well-meaning manner and peaceful. When there's... So are there any initiatives or efforts that you have as sort of a long-range goal for the department? So you're doing the day-to-day. You're dealing with just keeping the community safe on a day-to-day basis, occasionally handling special events. Is there any sort of ongoing longer-term work that, you're, that you have as a, as a goal for the department? Sure. Um, so last year we spent about nine months with a community resource team. Um, so members from the community, businesses, social services, Education, city council came together, and um, we we addressed what is the staffing for the Vancouver Police Department going uh, now and up to the year 2020. Um, with that, the uh, that committee came back to council with a recommendation that they resource the police department with the staffing that we were looking for so that we can bring back some programs that went away at at the time of the recession um, so that we can introduce new programs to essentially bridge the gap of resources to expectations from our community. So what were some of the programs that went away that uh, haven't come back? 
So um, one, one of them was our Property Crimes Investigations Unit. Mm -hmm. That's coming back. It'll be, um, matter of fact, it will start up again in January. Uh, we also greatly downsized our traffic unit. Um, at one point, I think we had about 14, 15 uh, sworn officers working in our traffic unit. That dropped down to three. Oh, wow. And um, we're at five and going to go up to about seven uh, here shortly. Um, so we're slowly bringing those things back. Um, so e even looking out further than 2020, uh, we acknowledge that uh, we're in the forever business. Um, and so we shouldn't be just looking at what are we doing in 2017 or, or even 2020. We should be looking out what, what does the Vancouver Police Department look like? What, what services are we providing? Um, now we're starting to look out to what does 2030 look like? And, and I can tell you, you know, um, as we sit today, um, we're almost at capacity with our facilities. By the time we hit 2020 and the staffing that we have projected, um, we will be at and beyond our capacity. And so then when you start to look out past 2020, you start to say, what are we doing with facilities? Um, right now we work out of multiple facilities. We have a headquarters, two precincts. We have offsite satellite uh, units for detectives. We have uh, a property and evidence uh, facility that's even in a different location. Um, so the conversation and really the analysis that needs to take place is where, where are we growing to a, as a city in, into the future? And is there an opportunity that we consolidate everything? Um, or do we continue down the path that we're on with more facilities? Um, I, I'll tell you, internally, it's culturally challenging um, to have a, a department that has so many different facilities that people work out of um, versus bringing this family together under one roof. Um, I think that it would be healthier to some level to do that. But, you know, so those are big projects mm -hmm. that we're constantly working through. Uh, another short-term one that we're working on is um, how do we address the... Uh, the unlicensed or the uh, out-of-state license plates, right? The, the people that are residing in the city of Vancouver and enjoying all of our resources and services um, who have forgotten to register their vehicles in the state of Washington. Um, so that, that project is um, well underway and um, at, at a variety of levels that we'll be doing um, a lot of education, a lot of public service announcements, uh, communication to those people that are identified as um, forgetful, and then um, to a level of enforcement. That's a that's a really that is one that will probably win the hearts and minds of a lot of people in Vancouver because I know that the folks who are here have gotten their plates, have done it, and they walk down their street and see somebody who they know is their neighbor who has Oregon plates. Ooh, that just oh. <laughs> Social media is a buzz with people complaining about that. Yeah, well, there'll be uh, an opportunity in this program for people to uh, send in uh, email 
notices. So we are going to turn neighbor on neighbor. This is the issue that's going to do it. That's a possibility. <laughs> um, yeah, so, you, so you're not looking for a neighborhood war, but, um, you know, just reminding folks that, you know, where, where those taxes go and what services that they pay for. Now will be part of our uh, public service announcement. Um, we'll be utilizing our volunteers greatly mm -hmm. uh, for this program as well. Is there anything that you want to let us know that I haven't asked you about that the folks should know about what's going on at VPD? You know, I always get that, that question, and, and we cover so much that uh, I can never think of, like, what, what, what else do I want to talk about? You know, because I typically put in a message that I want to talk about um, already. You know, I have a couple talking points that I want to make sure I hit on. So we got them? Yeah, I, I believe we got them. <laughs> Excellent. Well, Chief James McElvain, thank you so much for taking some time and sharing what's going on with the VPD. Absolutely. My pleasure. And that's our show. Thank you so much for joining us. I'm Temple Lentz, and this has been Hello Vancouver. If you'd like to find out more about our live stage shows, you can go to hellovancouver.us and see videos from past performances. Also, please don't miss our upcoming September 20th show at Warehouse 23 in Vancouver, Washington at 7 p.m. Tickets are available online at hellovancouver.us. Hello Vancouver is produced by High Five Media. Thanks for being here, and we'll see you next time.